Hey guys, JB the Wolf is in the house for the Wolf's Den. It's going to be an awesome podcast. I'll tell you why. Number one, someone I really like. Man named Bradley. Brad, how are you, my friend? How are you? Brad owns a company called Lightspeed VT. It's a training platform for top out there, really interactive online virtual training, handles uh, people like myself in all industries. I'm not on his platform right now, but we're good friends. Um, and I'll tell you, in, on some level, um, my foray really into doing the type of training I'm online with interactivity is I saw what you were doing. We talked about it. I didn't think it was the right fit for a number of reasons, but I saw the opportunity. And you actually said, listen, there's a guy named Grant Cardona on my platform. He's doing really well. And if that guy could fucking do it, you could do it better. And that's what inspired me. So thank you. You're welcome. And it's not over yet, bro. <laughs> no, I know. We, we yeah, you'll, you'll, ju you'll jump over eventually. <laughs> well, we'll certainly do something together at some point, right? So now, no, let me do a couple of things. Let's talk about, let's take the elephant in the room, the Grant Cardone, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you saw the Grant Cardone podcast. I did. Right? And you know Grant Cardone a lot better than I do. I do. So what, what do you make of that whole thing? Why did he implode? And what do you think his, um, his malfunction was? What do you think that was all about? You know, in my opinion, it was almost as if he just wanted to make sure he did not agree with you, whatever that was. So whatever it was, I don't think he was on his game. I think he could have done a much better interview had there not been some sort of deep-seated animosity or some sort of tension. I don't know why. What? Maybe because you're known as a badass closer, you're known the Wolf of Wall Street, and maybe that offends his his you know self imposed title of you know the best closer in the world, which he's not. <laughs> you know, definitely <laughs> came pretty apparent. Well, not only that, I mean, like like I started out training salespeople, and I'm probably the best there is. Mm -hmm. Period, and and he next to me. Well, again, you know. Arguably, that's but, but hey, the point is there's a lot of great sales trainers out 100%. there and I love having other, cause I want to talk about sales cause you could learn from every, I would learn from you, learn from me. Right. So, there you but go. I think, but I think that's what it was. Like he came in offended because you're known right, right, for having a skill that, that, that is in his arena. And I think, I think that that hurt him in this particular case. Do you think that there's like some little paranoia there? It's like, no, it's, cause I came to the table with him having no, I think it was pretty obvious. No, no motives other than whatever. Let's have a great podcast. Let's talk about selling. And even the most simple questions ended up in like some insane spot where he was talking nonsense. See, my theory is that he often spews nonsense, but no one challenges him on his nonsense. Say, wow, that must be, it didn't make sense to him, but it must be so profound. Maybe I don't get it. And I was like, whoa, no, that's not profound. It just doesn't make sense. So he was challenged. He couldn't really back up what he was saying. You think that was part of it at all? Yeah. Yeah, because again, most people are just, oh my God, it's Grant. He's got a exactly, debt. Right, you're, right. you're not that way. Right, I was like, you could care less who it is. You were just asking simple some questions. Simple questions, right? He should have had simple answers. Right. Like, you know, no interest is a level of interest. <laughs> like, I don't get that whole thing. Like, you know, that that, that sounds like a date raper. Yeah, like, no interest is a level of interest. Now, I understand his mindset when it I, comes I to know that. He was but at the end say, of the day, dude, yeah. you were trying to say, look, if someone doesn't have interest, when should you move on? Exactly. Like, you know, and the most and, basic question in sales. Yeah. And, it, and, and, it, and it, there is an answer to that. And it's not no interest is a level of interest. I think, again, he was just trying to oppose whatever it is you were saying. I'll tell you a story. So, um, friend of mine, good friend, Brett Ratner, right? Famous director. He got me too. <laughs> I love the guy. Great guy. Um, he tells a story about how when he was first coming to Hollywood, 
many years ago, he wrote letters to Steven Spielberg, Ridley Scott, Tony Scott, all the top, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, right? The top 20 directors, right? And Steven Spielberg sent him back a letter saying, you know, I'm not interested right now. I'm nothing for you right now. But, you know, thanks for letting me, you know, good luck in your career. He goes, well, now I could say he knew who I was. I was on his radar. That's a very different thing. So what you're talking about is an ultra-qualified person in his target market who now said, I'm not interested now, but they're a qualified buyer. While he was saying, I don't care if they don't want, I'll sell them something else. It was a completely different I think it's awareness versus interest. He was, he was, mis, he was misrepresenting. It's, not a, it's awareness. Yeah, there can be levels of awareness. They don't know you. Well, at least they now know who I am. That's about awareness, not interest. As a salesperson, the biggest mistake, tell me if you think this is true or not, right? You probably see what you're on. And you have salesmen, right? The biggest mistake I see most salespeople make is they try to shove square pegs in round holes. They'll try to speak to someone who's never going to buy. It's like after the first two or three minutes, you've asked them some qualified questions. They don't have the money. They really don't have the interest. And they're still trying to take a no and turn it into a yes. My point is, is that as a salesperson, we don't take no's and turn it into yeses. We take, let me think about it. Let me call you backs. Bad time of year. Not liquid right now. Turn those into yeses. What do you say about that? Well, I think the difference between a salesperson and a closer, because in my opinion, there's a distinct difference. A closer comes in when someone says no. A salesperson doesn't get a no. Like, for example, um, if I were to take you at the lot or, you know, pick you up and go try to sell you something and there wasn't really a no along the way and I sold you, I didn't really close the deal. So a salesperson doesn't really get no's. They just write orders. I sold you this house. You came over, you looked at it, you gave me an offer, I sold you the house. And you wouldn't pay someone a lot of money for that because it's like basically taking people who already have bought, presenting and they buy versus someone that overcomes the people who are on the fence, right? Is that yeah, what I mean? so, when, so when someone says no, or I have to think about it and turns it into a yes, that's a closer. Right. And there's a difference. I have a specific technique that I use every single time that works, but I think the biggest mistake salespeople make is they don't realize that everybody is not a sale. You can't close everybody. Exactly. And and nor should you even try. The whole the whole question you were leading exactly, with Exactly, right? Yeah, like it's like a pretty basic concept, right? Here's what I teach my guys on the phone. First of all, when you're on the phone, it's a big difference. You can't see body language. There's there's a lot of differences. But so one thing is I say, get them on the phone. That's step one, right? That's hard enough nowadays. Get them on the damn phone. Right. Step two, qualify them. And again, it's not a rude thing to qualify them. I'm saving you time by doing that. And I'm saving my time. And guess what? Time is valuable. So I, I want to qualify you. Mm -hmm. If you qualify, then I'm going to move into an irresistible offer. Mm -hmm. Most salespeople do not make an irresistible offer. They just sit there and tell you about all the features and benefits of their products, and they very rarely make an offer. All right, just hold that thought for one moment, and let's hear from our sponsors to pay the bills. All right, let's talk about your mental health. Listen, guys, I have been in therapy throughout my life, off and on. I'm going through it right now because going through some tough times personally, right? There's nothing better than just having someone who's trained, you can trust, someone that you know is not going to disclose your secrets, that you're bound by confidentiality to talk about things. It just makes you feel better. Why not be happy? So listen, if you're feeling anxiety, depression, anger management issues, relationship problems, whatever it might be, you know, any um, OCD issues you have, right? Why not seek out 
an expert. But by using betterhelp.com, you no longer have to use that old model. You have to drive somewhere, waste your time, sit in an office, meet other people in the in the audience. Yeah, people don't really like that, right? With betterhelp.com, it's all done either online, through phone, text, video, you get it? So you get to communicate with the licensed, trained professionals, 3,000 of them. They focus on everything you can imagine here. So there's all different types of expertise in there, right? If you don't like your therapist, you can switch it, no cost to another therapist. But betterhelp.com allows you at a fraction of the cost that it would normally cost you by going to a therapist on the outside, use betterhelp.com. Betterhelp.com, you get a 10% discount for being a listener of the Wolf's Den here, okay? That's 10% of your first month discount code WOLF. Enter that on the website, okay? So get started today with betterhelp.com slash WOLF. Simply fill out the questionnaire. They can assess your needs right there. You'll get matched with a counselor. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash wolf. All right, stamps.com, one of my favorite sponsors. Listen, I hate going to the post office. I'm sure you don't like it either, right? If you're a business owner, even an individual, small business, medium-sized business, you can ship tons of packages every day. No point to go to the post office anymore. Stamps.com brings the post office to you. Get five cents off every first class letter you ship, discounts on packages, but I'll just tell you this, the timing here, it's the amount of time that you save by simply not having to go to the post office anymore. Essentially, what they're doing is bringing, turning your office into a post office. What could be better than that, all right? Let me give you the details here. You save tons of money. No risk here, okay? Go to stamps.com, all right? Sign up here especially for the holiday season, all the shipping you're going to do, right? No risk. Use my promo code WOLF. You get a special offer that includes a four-week free trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long commitments, no contracts. You're, getting, you're not signing anything for the long term. You want to check out stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in WOLF. Again, that's stamps.com. Enter WOLF. Why waste your time going to the post office? I love my mailman. I respect the people who run the post office, but they got to come to me or do it yourself through stamps.com. Tell me, tell me, define an irresistible offer in terms of a value proposition, urgency. Can you give me more specific on that? Well, an irresistible offer is I'm going to do something for you that I hope, hopefully is irresistible in exchange for X. So like most people say asking for the sale. Most, a lot of salespeople blow your mind. Don't even ask for the sale. Hmm. The, 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 they dance around it, but don't really flat say, here's what I think you should do. Or do this. Here's what I recommend. Yeah. Right? Like, like if you qualified, I would say, Jordan, here's what I would like. I would like you to do this, 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 this in exchange for this. What do you say? Right. So it, it, I, the way I like it, it's like the family physician. Like when, when you go to an expert, at a certain point, an expert who's there to solve a problem will ask you questions. You answer the expert and say, okay, well, based on what you said, here's my so-called prescription. I want you to do, here's the way it works. Here's how you get started. Boom. It's like a direct, right? That's what experts do versus I think novice salespeople, they have this like mental block. They think it's rude or something. They're embarrassed or that or they don't, or 
here's another one. I think many of them are just so scared to get the hard no or not interested. They don't want to actually ask because if they do, then that has to start the back. I call, so the way I talk about it is the front half, back half. So, you know, first time you ask for the order, everything before that's the front half of the sale, right? Everything you said, correct. You introduce yourself, take control, qualify, present, right? Make the offer, so to speak, irresistible one, right? You ask for the offer, ask for the order. Well, what happens? They could say, what? Yes, no, or maybe. To me, maybe is all the objections. Let me think about it. Let me call you back. Those are all maybes in my mind, right? So the way I look, someone says, no, I'm not interested. You don't really get that much because if you did your job qualifying, right, you kind of weeded those not interested. Should have. Should have, right? Yeah. So you very seldom one slips through. But when someone really is a hard no, yeah, I'll give it a, a college try, but that's to me is really no kind of like date rape. No, it's no, right? But to, in my in my book, yeah. Now, right? now again, I've taken oh, a lot. Yeah. I've taken a lot of no's and moved yeah, them to yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. But you know what I'm saying. No, Joey speaking. The better ones, the real. Like to me, is what you're saying is such a valid point. It's like I'm not going to pay someone who takes people who are already going to say yes and recites a few facts and says and, he, and they buy. That's not. That's a transaction. Not. That's not a, an influence sale, right? The, not at all. What we pay people for. Okay, all great sale owners and sales managers, right? Is to take someone who says, sounds really good. Let me think about it. Yeah. Sounds really good. I gotta talk to my wife. Sounds really good. Bad time. Those are the ones, right? Well, that's that's that's, that's where the magic. The, that's where the real money comes in. Exactly. So that so your distinction between one is a sales per, is a so a closer is someone I, I look at the first one as an order taker almost. Right? Me like too. An order taker. That's exactly what I call them. Yeah, order takers, right? And the second one's a salesperson slash closer, an influencer. So I want to take someone that's not quite there, not quite certain, and closes the deal, right? Do you have a just system that you teach have a name or is it a specific name or just a set of principles? Well, I call it logic selling. So logic based selling? Well, it's logic is an acronym. Okay. It basically stands for leverage, obvious gain, intelligence, and common sense. So it just spells the word logic, but it, it is it, it is logic based. Break it down. So start at the beginning. So well, like you leverage obvious gain. What is the obvious gain for you to buy my product? You know, a lot of times people will will not ask enough questions or listen to the answers properly to find out what you value and what pain you're having. And then most people don't understand that they keep talking about the gain when in reality it's it's the fear of loss that that drives somebody. So there's mm. both. So when you leverage obvious gain, the gain could be a fear of loss also. So in other words, um, some people are motivated by fear of loss. Others are motivated. I, I think everyone's both, but some people have a predominant like modality with the really like the fear of loss, like they're a loss, like they're fear-based motivated, right? Yeah. That's what get them going. Other people are more, um, you know, reward-based, but I think everyone has some. Yeah. So when I close people on my system versus all the other crap that's out there, because anything else out there is crap. Except for what? The straight line system? Well, not, not, not a sales system. I'm talking about, now I'm talking about my training system. A uh, training system. The Got training it. technology. Got it. Okay. Everything else out there is, is, is a and video your it is good. hosting your training solution. training system is very good. Thank you. Thank you. But it's a hosting solution. Mm -hmm. Anything else other than mine. Mine's an actual learning system. The only one out there. So when I, when I get people to switch from what they are to mine, I usually use the fear of loss. Meaning what you're doing right now, you're, let's say you're doing a million a month on your own. Mm -hmm. Well, you could be doing two or three with me. So you're losing a couple million a month by not using Lightspeed. Mm -hmm. And then they're always like, how? Now, if I say I can make you a couple million dollars a month on Lightspeed, for some reason, they don't believe it. it, it it's, it's not as motivating as they're losing two million. You're leaving two million on the table. 
For some reason, that motivates them. But the, the leverage obvious gain can go either way. The gain could be not losing. So let, let's talk about, let's just separate this out. There's, there's two things. You do sales training. Yep. Like you're a sales trainer by nature, but then what you realize was that you could actually leverage your own sales training by developing some sort of delivery system, right? Yeah. That would allow you to essentially to train remotely, as you call it. And you think you came with the term virtual training, right? That's right. So how would you explain virtual training versus regular online training? What would be the distinction between those? Well, usually online training just simply means that they've recorded a video and put it online behind a password. Mm -hmm. But- that's not training. That's watching a video. And I watch mixed martial arts doesn't make me a fucking black belt. So it's not really training. Training requires four ingredients. See, when I started this whole thing, here's how it started. A, I was running a car dealership and I was training top salespeople. I could take somebody that was flipping hamburgers, turn them into a freaking badass closer. Um, and just, I just trained them. You know, I just trained a lot of times, you know, the leadership, the culture, the the camaraderie, mm-hmm. it was all part of, of, of the appeal. Mm-hmm. However, there was a lot porter in the back of the dealership, Mexican dude. He had a beautiful family, nice guy, hardworking son of a bitch, like you wouldn't believe. Right. But man, was he having it rough because he was only making minimum wage, mm-hmm. washing cars. He worked harder than any salesman out there. And I just freaking felt bad for him. So I said, hey, let me show you how to sell and close. So he barely spoke English, but he did. He spoke English, but barely. So I brought him up and I taught him how to freaking close. Within three months, he was making 15 grand a month. His wife was happier. His kids were happier. Like you could see it in their faces. How long ago was this about? How many years back is this? Now? 20. Okay. So, so it just got me addicted that like, man, I can change someone's life like that. So I said, I'm going to quit my job. I was making maybe four or 500,000 a year. And up till then, I was about 30 years old. Up till then, all I worried about was me. How can I get more? How can I get more? It was always about me. I was a selfish prick. All I cared about was how do I get more? I never worried about other people. Like, shit, if I'm going to close you and get paid, that's all I cared about. I'm going to close you to get Mm -hmm. paid. I didn't care whether you were benefited or not. So anyway, after this, I call it like a little revelation, like, damn, this is cool. I can do this. I quit my job and I said, I'm going to start a trading company. So, so I went out on the road to train my training, which was massively effective. And so that was the logic base. And the, this thing I developed called the real deal lease presentation, which is used all over the country. What's but that? it's a way to present a lease to get anyone to flip to a lease versus a buy in, in the auto industry. Yeah. Okay. Or any industry, but you know, the, it's just the, how any, to, pre- any, any equipment, equipment leasing, a medical year. Yeah. Anytime anyone would be opposed to leasing, I would present them my custom created lease presentation. Okay. And I started teaching that and my logic selling. So it just like, we were the number one Dodge store in the country, even though we weren't the biggest, we made the most money. We, we leased the most cars. Like it was powerful shit. So anyway, I quit that and I went out to go do it on the road. So I was having people pay me 10000 to show up and train their sales team for a day. And I'm thinking, man, shit, I can make a lot more money. I can make a couple hundred grand a month this way. Mm-hmm. And I can help people. So I started focusing on helping other people. But when I went out on the road, it wasn't working as well. I couldn't figure out why the people I'm training are not kicking ass like before. So I'm sitting there thinking, I got to quit either charging 10,000 a day because I'm not really training their people. And if I know I'm not really delivering value, 
for some reason, I just I, I won't take your money unless I know that the that the trades. There. And it's not sustainable anyway, right? How long could that last? Right, you'll burn it. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't last. But right. but but ethically, yeah, I have sure, a, I, I have an issue with it. So I want to make sure if you pay me, I don't care what you can pay me millions of dollars, but I want to make sure you got that value. So this wasn't happening, and I'm thinking, man, I got to quit doing this. Which now I'm screwed. I quit my job. I'm like shit. So I tried to figure out what's the difference. Why is it not working? And so I did research and I started comparing what did I used to do to versus now. And it, and there's four ingredients that became relevant and, and, and evident. And that I just went, holy shit, this is it. What were they? Well, number one, you have to have good content, mm-hmm. right? Which I had, but a lot of times companies are training people with piss poor content. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't work anyway. But even if you have good content, if you train them effectively to do it wrong, they'll do it wrong. So you have to have good content. Then you need repetition. Most people miss that. Most companies miss that. Yes. Repetition is key. Then you need practice. Just because just because I'm learned doesn't mean I can actually implement it and execute it. So you have to have practice and role play. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have accountability, which most people just do not have whatsoever. So the four ingredients are good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. Well, I fixed it by, by doing it, but now I'm staying longer, doing more, and I couldn't do it. So I thought, I have to invent a way to, to not be living on the road. Right. I, I didn't want to be in, living out of a suitcase. So, and this is 1999 no, yeah, almost, right? So 99. bandwidth speeds are slower back then, right? A whole Internet different... just came out. Yeah, Nobody right. was training online. Right, right, right. Believe it or not, like I, I, I tried to do research, and, and I don't know everybody, but I'm pretty sure I started the whole fucking online learning. Like no one was doing it when I did it. I know. Well, I didn't get into it till like t- till 2010. Even then, it was mostly still videos. You'd send people like a box of DVDs. Well, people are just getting yeah, 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 yeah. It's it unbelievable, right? Yeah, I mean, like so I doubt in 1999 it was. It was so. How did you do it? So okay, so let's just let's tell it in chronology because the bandwidth was very, very slow, buffering, right? Yeah. So what'd you do? Well, I I I looked around forever, and, and first first I tried to make interactive uh, CD ROMs. And I went to sell those CD-ROMs for 10000 And people would say no, or they'd buy them, and then they would scratch them and want a new set. Well, shit, I was buying them from, from a company for 200 bucks each. No, 100 bucks each. And so I couldn't just keep replacing them every time they scratched them. Not to mention, only one person could go through them at a time. Right. So the CD-ROMs were not effective. And I used to give out a money-back guarantee. I said, if this doesn't increase your sales and closing, I'll give you your money back. And to car dealers, they're notorious for wanting a deal and and grinding your balls off. So, I mean, if you can, if you can close car dealers, dude, that's like, that's major. So like, if you're, if you don't pick the car business, if you want to go in and and try to close people, they they will literally tell you to come in Thursday. That's their day off. So you go there and you wait around eight, eight hours and find out, Oh, today's their day off. And they, they literally think it's funny. So anyway, long story short, I came out with these CD-ROMs. I had a money-back guarantee, and somebody asked me, and I told them, you know, the disclaimer was, I have to make sure that they actually know the information. Just stop. For those back. young people who don't know what CD-ROMs are, I, it's, 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 it was actually like a, a special type of CD that had more information. It was like a, it was like a, like a DVD almost, right? But it had like more information. It was you could kind of it was only for a computer, interactive, right? So that's yeah, what you did. It, it, yeah, it was interactive. Yeah, so, so it was on a, a DVD. That it was like it was like a DVD size, right? It, it looks like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but a DVD was not interactive. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So so it was a CD ROM. Interactive DVDs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, long story short, someone wanted their money back. I didn't even have the money to fly down. It was a California dealer, 
didn't even have the money to fly down to test them to see if they knew my material because in order to get your money back, they had to prove that everybody actually went through the training. Yeah. So I flew down. I had to borrow money to fly down to see if I owed the person 10 grand back, which I hoped to God I didn't because I didn't have it, dude. I was, I didn't have the money. I didn't even have the money to fly down there. So I flew down there. The guy made me wait four hours. I could see him in his office. He's got one of them glass offices. I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Missed my flight, my, my return flight. I made the wrong assumption. Anyway, long story short, he freaking made me wait. I finally walked in. He, uh, he said, hey, did you bring my check? I said, well, I, I need to make sure people know my material first. And he said, yeah, well, how do you want to do that? I said, well, pick a couple of your best salespeople. So he looks out the window and waves a couple of his best salespeople in. They walk in. I said, hey, uh, Brad Lee. Now... I started to feel pretty good about it because when they walked in, they didn't know who I was and I'm the guy on the fucking CD-ROM. So if they didn't know who I was. That was a good sign. Right. So they walked in, I said, Hey, I'm Bradley. And they didn't this is know the accountability issue. You're talking about. Exactly. So, so I said, so I said, tell me, um, give me the real deal lease presentation. Now the real deal lease presentation starts out a particular way. It's like the ABCs. If I, if I said, tell me your ABCs, you either know them or you don't. Right. Like there's, I can find out in two seconds. The, Why don't you give me the short story? What is it real quick? It, it, what is it? Give me, the lease presentation? Yeah, real well, quick. well, it starts out by, it starts out particularly by saying to the customer, look, I don't care if you lease or purchase. So if you don't say that to begin with, then you you're not doing it. Right. That's your segue in. Yeah. Okay. Every time. Got it. Yeah, that's how it starts. Because most, most people say, this. oh, I don't want to lease. And I yeah, say, look, yeah. I don't care if you lease or purchase. Yeah, it's, it's, we get cash from the bank either way. So that's, that's the beginning. Yeah. So I said, tell me the real deal lease presentation. And they couldn't. Right. Within five seconds, the, the GM realized that they don't know my shit. So he said, all right, thanks for coming in. And so basically, I don't owe him the money anymore, but now um, I got to call to get back because there was a there was a $100 fee to change my flight, which right. I missed because the prick made me wait. Yeah. Anyway, so long story short, man, I freaking didn't have to pay him back. I flew back, and on the way back, I'm thinking, dude, I can't afford. I had probably 40 CD-ROMs out there with this guarantee, and I couldn't afford to, to fly and test people. So I, that's when I said, I got to take this online. Yeah. So I looked around, looked around, there was no one out there. The guy that made my CD ROMs, which, which was pretty badass developer said, there's only one person or one company that I know of. They do all the shit for the movie business. They all, they, they, they're damn near, you know, inventors of AOL type shit. Like there's a big group. And I said, well, who are they? So they gave me the name. And I went down there and I explained what I wanted. They said, ah, it's not really going to work. Da, da, da. I argued with them. I basically said, dude, it's a fucking computer. Just do your thing. So the, I talked the guy into making me my first version, which was only so I could see who was going through the training. I get it. So it was, I could see it. I didn't do it so they could see it. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I got it online and then I started selling it. And then uh, one day a dealer, um, told me that he would look at my training, decide if he wanted to buy it. And so he called me and he said, it doesn't really match what they're doing. And I already hit the button and saw that he didn't, he didn't train. And I said, well, so how do you know? He says, well, I went through your content. I said, no, you didn't. He said, how do you know that? I said, cause look, I showed him the report on my freaking computer. And he's like, shit, could I see that? If my, if my salesmen are lying to me, I said, yeah, he goes, so I can, pick up a check in the morning and he bought the thing for that reason. So I built the system for me to deliver my training. Well, what happened was I went out there and I got to maybe 80, 90 dealerships at a thousand a month. So I was making good money, 80, 90,000 a month, or I thought it was good money back then. And, and, um, 
I just kept running into people saying, I, you know, we use Joe Verde or, you know, that's Grant Cardone's competitor. We use Joe Verde or we use this other person or we use Grant Cardone. And I started, I kept thinking like, you know, I'm better than them. You, you got to give me a chance. But rather than beg, I thought to myself, I can either compete with these guys or collaborate with these guys. So I just decided to go approach those guys. And I said, look, I've got a technology that'll allow you to train people better. Yeah. I already know companies that want your training. So I can even get you the deal because they've already told me they, they like you, for example. So I came to them with the technology and the customers. And I said, look, I'll take my name and training out of it. Sure. I'll put your name and training sure. in it. And I'll just take what I call a piece from my niece, a little sliver to deliver, a fraction of the action. And they said, yeah. So, so we, we created their systems and they went and sold those businesses and a whole bunch more. And I just came out of the training business and kind of just supported the training people. So I went and closed Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and, you know, Grant Cardone and Joe Verde and a million people you haven't heard of, Tony Robbins. Um, and it just kept going and, and everyone just kept using it. And did you find that some of did it work right away? Were there blips along the way, pivots you had to make? What was the big, I mean, like, so the obviously the current version of what you have now is obviously very different than what you started with, right? Yeah, yeah. You've updated it. it you've, it's you've, it's different bandwidth. since you've even seen it. It's, what's that? It's different. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, as I'm saying. So, what was like? Those, were there like? Um, did you have any? So, your first was it like right away it worked, or did you have to keep tweaking it? Were there any major tweaks that you made that kind of revelation? Like, for instance, the interactivity. You didn't stop. Did you start with interactivity? Yeah, you still started. That's what's crazy. Like people are just now getting video online, thinking right. that they're cutting edge, and I'm like, right. bro, video. Right. Like, first of all, think about this. Why would you pay money to drive people to a video that just plays? Mm. And people are like, what do you mean? Well, because they don't know any different. A video doesn't have to just play. It can ask questions, mm -hmm. it can adapt, it can make offers, it can it can mine data that you don't currently get. Yep. So right now, if I were to look at your marketing, I promise you, you're driving people to a video. If you sell a system that's not interactive, truly interactive, people are going through your course and they're not being asked anything and it's not adapting, right. it's not doing anything other than talking. And the problem is, is people are different. So unless the, unless the system can adapt... And, and determine who who's logging in, what level they're at, et cetera, it, they're not going to learn as well. But most importantly, you're not also going to do anything. So most people right now, they make a funnel that drives to a course. Why not make the course the funnel? Mm -hmm. So I can sell you a course for 99 bucks and mm -hmm. you and you go through it. And I ended up selling you a $15,000 sure. mastermind package. But not everybody because and everyone doesn't have 15 right. grand. I get it, right. So that interactivity embedded within the curriculum is really more engaging. It makes people learn better, retain better, but, but it also it extrapolates more data and revenue from that same user without additional marketing expenses. So how, how much of the interactivity, because I, I put interactivity in mind, so it was a great thing, right? I use it. Um, how much of it is about just keeping people engaged? In other words, because if you don't ask them questions, right, after a while, engagement starts to fall, right? For sure. So how much of it is sometimes just making sure people are answering to make sure they're, or versus really how many tweaks can you make with different content? It's really more about engagement, which do you think is the, the bigger part of uh, interactivity? Is it really cool. about changing the, the learning as much or more about making sure people constantly are engaged in it and so forth? Well, engagement is key. For sure. Um, you know you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like, dude, I'm, I I'm, with the, that fucking, myself. I'm the wolf of training. <laughs> trust no, because I struggle myself with that. I was like, how much I want? I, I want to make sure that I always am asking a question every so often. Because if you don't, people... Think well, well, not only that, but they retain more simply because they're listening more. Right. See, so if I hit play on your video, and most videos are not interactive. Mm -hmm. um, but if you hit play on the video, 
after four or five minutes, my phone goes off, my daughter runs in the room, whatever, I'm not even listening, but then it finishes and you think I learned when in reality I wasn't even listening. So to have an interactive, uh, segment that says, Hey, by the way, are you this? And it won't go any further until you answer it yeah. means to this person, damn, I better listen. Better listen yeah. So just because they consciously listen because they know it's interactive, mm-hmm. they actually retain more. We've Got measured it. it's like 300% more yeah, attention. Yeah, it's a huge number, right? Yeah. yeah, with minor interactivity. There's studies on it. You can go to like Oxford. There's white papers everywhere on, on, on engagement like that. So, right? but, that's, but that's not the value. Okay. The, the value to a guy like you and a guy like me, engagement's cool. But if you're going to sell a course for, let's say, 1000 bucks. You know, inside of that course, if you're putting a thousand people through it, you you can ask questions, collect data that's valuable that you're not getting unless you embed it within your courseware gracefully. And then you're able to make offers and upsells to the to the individuals that picked and chose the right answer. So I could drive you could drive a million people to a video for 10 bucks and make 10 million dollars. I'll take your same course. You drive the same people and I'll extrapolate another two to four million dollars so so on my system you'll make 14 million when on yours you'll make 10 right and that's a big difference got it so is that originally so when you were in the so was this like was this in the early days or that sort of evolved into that no it's it was was day one now when i started it it was i only wanted to engage them and i wanted to emulate what i did in real life because in real life i ask questions so like i'd be like how many cars have you sold and if they said Two, well, then I know they need more right. training. If let me I, stop, let me stop. So those, when you created Lightspeed, the platform, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So these guys, you can check it out. Lightspeed VT, it's a great platform, right? So when you, you had these four things that you kind of and said, okay, it's about, number one, the content. Got to right? have good content. All right? And the second one was what? The actual- Repetition. Repetition, right? So that was the problem of when you're just showing up at a car dealership once, Right. That without that video, so that and the third part was actual the role playing, the training, yep. and fourth accountability, right? Yep. So when you created lights, the actual platform, you did it with those four things in mind to address, yep. right? So in the beginning, right? Let's think, because right now, tell me the top three features of like what really makes it awesome. Interactivity is one, right? Yep. Two accountability, right? So tell me about the accountability aspect. Well, everything's being tracked, measured, monitored in real time. So, so I don't have to f- come in and, and find out if someone learned or didn't learn. I, I, can, I can press a button and see a report. I can also have those reports triggered to me. So, so like managers are busy, or at least they w- claim they are. So if they're busy and they don't have time to look at reports, especially if you have 5,000 salespeople across mm-hmm. the country, you're not looking at report cards all day. So you can set up triggers because it's real time tracking on everything. To where if someone doesn't log in, text me. Or if someone presses this button, text me. Or if someone fails, text me. Right. So it can text real people to take real intervention. You know, because okay. I think the perfect scenario is a blend. You know, online's not as good as, as, as a blend. In other words, people would rather have you show up for a day. And then when you leave, give them passwords sure. to get the repetition and the practice and the accountability. Because a company can't afford you. For, for 90 right. days. Yeah. But if I virtualize what Jordan Belfort would have done with my team, would have asked my team, well, then now I can have that individual on my staff for a couple thousand bucks a month, mm-hmm. depending on the size of my staff. So Got like, it. so like if I were, if I were working for you, I'd be calling companies, not people like individuals. They don't keep paying businesses do. Sure. Right. Be, that's a funnel thing. B2C is like you, you, you advertise, they buy. It's great, but that's not really the long-term value. No. So if, yeah, if, I, you, I agree. if you're out, thousand percent. yeah, you need to be focusing on businesses mm-hmm. and see that. And that's another thing. My platform's 
ideal for. It's B2B because our system can brand itself a million different ways, mm -hmm. segment itself in different categories and regions and zones. No other system can do that. Explain that. What do you mean? Like, like for example, if I, if I were to close a car dealership with nine stores, I'd give them nine systems by pressing a button on mine. And now they all have their own individual system, even though it's all one system. So, so I can create a million different user experiences based on one platform. Got it. Other platforms, if I log into yours, it's, I'm going to see pretty much what everyone else sees mm -hmm. mostly. But, um, I can, I can, for B, for B to B business to business, mm -hmm. I can give them a brand, their own branding, their own content roles based on their positions, but then sell this person where it's different and make it different where, where, where it's the same content, but delivered differently. How much of your business is people like myself with trainers versus companies using it like for their own internal training stuff, they want to use, get it like, so it's, they have training and they just want to put their own training on your platform. Yeah. Well, we started with guys like you, you know, the, the experts that yep. were going out and training people. And then when, once the grants and the Tonys and the, and the Zig Ziglar's started tr selling their content to companies, the company started calling saying, Hey, well, we love your platform. Um, we have, let's say, you know, Grant Cardone. Well, we, we love it, but we have more people to train than just salespeople. So like we have sexual harassment. Do you have any sexual harassment? So they started calling me for more content right. or make their own. Right. So now we have probably 60%, I call them subject matter experts, which mm -hmm. are, which are the, it's a gen license that we sell. We have about 60, 40 now, but we just recently started focusing on businesses. So now we're rapidly signing up two to 300 companies a month that are, that are, that are logging in just to train their 10, 20, 30, 50 right. people. We've and got big, on anything, right? It could be on any, anything. Yeah. And not only that, then I took all my experts, which I have the biggest library of all the top notch experts on planet earth in the system. So literally I created what's called a skill shop. So mm -hmm. the skill shop is a marketplace that has all of the top name of interactive training and goes from sexual harassment all the way to sales, how to cook, how to play poker with the top poker pros, like pretty much anything. I saw you one cake boss, right? That guy? Yeah. Cake boss. That's <laughs> cake right. Boss. Buddy Velastro. <laughs> so, so this marketplace is making it even better because now a company, you know, they can they, choose actually going there like a shopping cart. They just go in and see what they want or, or need so they can make their own, which they should. We show them how to do that. We've got all the services if they don't, if they don't have them available. So so they can customize basically the platform to make it their own and then have access to all the expertise they wouldn't normally make like sexual harassment. Companies aren't going to do that. Some bigger ones might have their own legal firms, but mostly they don't. Right. So they can just turn on uh, sexual harassment. And, and, and nowadays in California, New York, a few other states, it's mandatory to train your people on harassment, sexual harassment. And some of the courses we have are better than everybody else's because most sexual harassment teach you what you can't do. We made one that teaches you what you can do. What can you do? What you can get away with. What no, can I'm you <laughs> I'll tell you, it's Stratton back in the, in the good old days. It was like, you know, wow. You it was guys, like, it was, you guys were a walking violation. <laughs> it was like the human resources. Man. Girls, short skirts, high heels. <laughs> Dude, those were the days. Now, and by, and by no, the way, there's no harass. I'll tell you what. The girls didn't get harassed. They were loving in this Alec case it was if someone harassed a girl they would get fired they would get beaten up probably by the other guys because it was respect for the girls yeah everyone was young and wild it was very different I, it's, it's, it, it that's the a, way it should be I, I know exactly it wasn't a harassment situation because it just wasn't like yeah, but it. that's the way it should be it, it, it was now great. nowadays we got a lot of a lot of 
weirdness. Like the, I agree. The, the masculinity is gone. You know, the, the entitlement and the, and the, it's stupid. Like, you know what my, my partner used to say to me, she'd say, uh, what's the worst is that when I was younger, I'm like, you know, you'd like someone, like you get dressed up to come to work because you like for someone, like you had this all little tension in the workplace, right? It was fun and people would be on the job. It's like, how do you do that these days? You can't, it's like not safe anymore, right? You have to go to these freaking dating apps. It's like, um, I think it's, I don't think the world is better because of that. Now, granted, that's very different than like the casting couch shit here in Hollywood. Where like, dude, see, I don't agree. Yeah. Like, dude, look, if I'm a big director, and I, and I control who gets the part and you want the part. And I say, Hey, you got to blow me to get the part. It's a choice. Now, now, now making you blow me is not cool, but to say, Hey, I, I control this. Would you like it? Well then blow me. That's called, tit, <laughs> that's called tit for tat. Now, do I condone it? Well, no, but if the girl does it willingly, that's yeah. up to, that's up to those two people. Well, like dude, I, I the, for the right part, I might blow the person. <laughs> the problem with as that, long, as long as I'll play devil's advocate with that. The problem with that is, I think you're onto something here in the sense that I think the biggest victims in the whole thing were not the girls that got parts and gave blowjobs. It's those that didn't. Those that were married happily or, or just would not play that game. They they couldn't get the part. It was unfair to them. So the, but it they were unfair. Yeah, See, I don't. Dude, this is just me. No, I get it. Aaron, that's your opinion. But it, in my opinion, is I don't, I, I don't think like I think we were taught wrong. Like to be fair, I don't want to be fair. I want to be unfair. I want to mm-hmm. have the advantage in everything. Don't you? Like if someone said, "Hey, you can walk in with the knowledge of everything that's going to go on," wouldn't you want that knowledge? Yes, I do. But that's uh, unfair. Yeah, that's well, not fair. The, the difference is though, is I believe in i've always believed in like an egalitarian and a meritocracy that the cream rises to the top right and that like you know someone that works really hard or someone that's the best actress not someone that's going to give me a blow job for my temporary gratification should get the part that's just me if i like that i agree with that however the 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 director that's getting the blowjobs might be making shitty movies because it's who's sucking their dick that matters. Where your movies would be better and more successful right. because you're hiring talent. Right. But then there is. But here's the other part of that. It but I'm, but like, I'm not. But I'm not mad at the director not, because I, the girl said right. yes. Right. Like, well, how is that a how is that a problem? Well, because because we have girls that you know, if someone with a lot of power, like Harvey Weinstein, right? Is a big fat. What about what about male porn? There's there's dudes in male porn that say they're not gay, but they do it because they make more money. Right, well, that's a choice they make to get paid. Again, I'm not mad at them either. But the whole <laughs> point is, is like, look, everybody is in a has their own opinion and the ability to make a decision. And if your decision is, hey, I'm gonna, I get it, I'm gonna do this in exchange for something. I just don't, I just don't think it's anyone's business. But those question. two people, that's question. You have a daughter. How old's your daughter? Which one? I have four. Oldest. Thirty-two. Okay. Um, let's say, well, how old is your you young, young one? Eight, four. Four. Okay. Let's say four. she's now 19. Yeah. 15 I'm, I'm dreading the day. Listen, she, she's beautiful, right? She is. I know she is. All right. She comes to Hollywood, yeah. right? And she's incredibly talented. Um, she works her ass off, does everything right. She gets into a room with some animal like Harvey Weinstein, who says, listen, if you want the pot, blow me or else I'm going to blackball you in this town. Yeah. What do you say to that? I would hope I raised your to have enough self-love and self-worth that she could say no and realize that she doesn't really need that. Right. And I, and I, good point. But what about Harvey Weinstein? Like, does that guy deserve to stay in power or should he be somehow 
you know, well, he's a dirtbag in my opinion. Right, he's, of course. And I, I, but, I know, I know you don't mean that you condone this. What I'm saying is, I, you, I understand the point. I'm trying to dig deeper into that because it's a big deal out here. In other no, words, I don't condone it. Right, I get that. But the point is, is that like, what do you do with a guy like that? That should that guy be shamed out of power like he was? I, I think if he if he were to continue to do what he's doing, eventually he would be if everyone else had ethics and morals because eventually nobody would fucking audition for him. You know what I think? He'd go out of business automatically. Here's what I think. I think that, you know, the, my problem with the Me Too is it was an overshoot. Like, you know, there had to be some corrections here because there was shit going on that wasn't right. But like everything else, like, you know, all of a sudden now people are being falsely accused of for shit they did 15 years ago when there was no proof and the guy loses his job and his life without anybody. So yeah, that's not good. But in my, my opinion, I saw some stuff out here. Like I have a daughter, she's 26 and you're right. I raised her in a way. She'd walk out the door. Fuck you. I'm not, I'm not blowing. We would hope. Right. You know, I know my daughter would, I know she would. Okay. I'm sure yours would in 15 years from now. Right. I'm hoping. Yeah. Right. But, but there's many girls, you know, they come from, it's like their life's ambition. They come from Iowa or somewhere like me and they just did not as savvy and they get taken advantage of. To me, that had to change. It was wrong. And it created a, a situation. I'm trust me. I hate the whole Me Too thing, but that to me had to change. So anyway, well, if 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 I had a if I had a choice, you know, do you want pervs in power or not? It would be not, of course, right. However, we're never going to change that. Yeah, there's always going to be whack jobs and pervs out there. We just we just I just don't think I again. I mean, how do we know who's telling the truth? That that's the the problem. Yeah, so like, how do yeah, you know yeah, yeah. who was it? I forget who blew him. Like Scarlett Johansson or something? No, no, no. It was uh, no, it was uh, oh fuck, no, it wasn't Scarlett Johansson. Who, whoever it was, Scarlett. It how was do, I know it wasn't you? Listen, how do you Hold know? <laughs> yeah, but listen, and I know people are gonna hate me, especially in Hollywood for saying okay. this. But how do you know that person didn't say, "Come on, Harvey, I'll blow you"? And Brett, now listen, they're listen, saying, listen, "Oh, he made listen, me listen, blow him," Brett when it wasn't Ratt, even the truth. You know, Brett Ratner. No. Brett Ratt is a famous director here, okay? He was financing all half of the budget of every Warner Brothers picture. Yeah. Very nice friend of mine, okay? He was me too, really badly. I know for a fact, okay, I saw the texts from all the girls who were saying, Brett, we, I love you, let's do it. And then they would accuse him of harassment. Yeah. These are girls that are actively pursuing him to try to get parts. And, you know, and listen, I always say Brett's a womanizer. He's Brett, right? You know, maybe when I'm dating my own daughter, but... It was no, it was a complete, like they were really complicit in the whole thing. So yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like that situation. Well, where, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you don't know, it's just not, it's just not, to me again, uh, like if you're gay, cool. If you're a lesbian, cool. If you're, if you want to blow someone for a job, cool. If you don't, cool. Like, I just think everyone has their own mm. opinion and I respect them all. Mm -hmm. But the media says Harvey Weinstein's a pig. Here's what he did. I don't necessarily know that that's what happened. Mm. Who who says who was there? Yeah. It's it's he he said she said. But if if someone were to say Brad, do you would would you want your daughter dealing with someone like that? Of course not. Right. But if that's all the people that are in Hollywood, well, I think what, Harvey, what do you yeah. what do you do? You, I think you, Harvey Weinstein is like this extreme example of someone who who he was a pig. Everyone knows it. I know people directly where they said it was true. He was fucking off his rocker, right? And guess and, what happened? And, and he's going to jail. Hopefully, there okay, you go. Right, right. So that's that, but that was my point. Yeah. It'll it'll correct yeah. itself. But for many years it didn't. So at least now, but I, I think it overshot. Let me ask you a different question. Let's talk about um, politics now, right? I mean, what do you think about the world? You're getting me in deep, aren't you? I'm getting you in. Now, I want to know, because you're a smart guy. You're going to hate me after this. No one knows. I know. You're entitled to your opinions, okay? So what are your thoughts on, like, the whole division? Like, I know in my heart 
there's something wrong right now. I have never seen the world, our country, so divided. Like, I've never seen it like this. When I was, you're, not, you're a few years younger than me, right? But not much. And you remember, like, you had the Republicans, you had Democrats. It was two sides of the same coin. One side meant 5% more taxes, a little more regulation. It was mostly six of one, right? Now it's like, it's either, you know, it's like Donald Trump, who people just despise, or let's be socialist. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, again, I think, ultimately, who do you believe? I mean, the media, I think they should be the ones in jail for reporting slanted news. You, you, you look at the news like it's a fact. I couldn't believe, I could not agree with you more about that, but keep going. Yeah, well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, everyone says we're, we're all, you know, in this turmoil. Who, who says we are? Like, again, I, I don't see a lot of people arguing. I don't see a lot of racism. I don't see a lot of problems in the world. I see everybody getting along. Like when, like when they said we were in a recession, the movie theaters were full. The restaurants were full. I didn't see any recession. I get it. I get it. Did you? No. And I, so, so who's we're, saying that we're divided? We're, okay, like so we're in perfect. The Democrats line. and the Republicans are certainly divided, mm. but that's because supposedly Trump's in there trying to root out the the the, the establishment, mm -hmm. which is all crooked mm -hmm. politicians, and the and the politicians don't want to be rooted out. Mm -hmm. Now, that's just what I'm thinking. Why? Well, because. He's not a politician. He could be just as dirty as all of them, and mm -hmm. it could all be a rouge. Mm. Problem is, is I don't know what's real. Do you? I don't. I, what I do know is this, is that um, part of it, I believe, has to do with the way we get our news these days. There's, like Social media turns your news feed into an echo chamber of your own beliefs. So if, you, if you're a conservative, they'll show you more conservative things, and it just keeps... Algorithm keeps skewing and skewing and skewing until all you're seeing is people who agree with you vehemently, right? And liberal, same side. So what happens is everyone who's watching the news is like seeing their own crazy, exaggerated version, while typically in all things, the truth lies in the middle somewhere, right? Yeah. And everyone is seeing this exaggerated. I, the one thing you say, though, that completely I agree with is I, it's like I don't see the division like in day-to-day -day interactions. People are getting, we get along, what you see is some, some maniacs from Antifa fighting with some fucking right-wing assholes. Like, there's 50 people right here, but it's a country of a few hundred million people. Right? I really wonder how much of the division is manufactured and how much is, is, is like, it's like, but what's the end game on that, I wonder? Like, why is it being done to us, so to speak? Where did it go wrong? Do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's to keep us from being together because you, it sounds cliche, but united we stand and divided we fall. So if the government, which is an entity, wants to control 300 million people, they have to keep us apart and fighting and arguing and confused and not talking. Because if we all agreed, like for example, you know, I, I drive up the street 35 mile an hour. I'm like, I've never voted for that speed to be there. Like, have you ever voted for a speed limit? No. Who, who sets them? Who decides that's the law? Aren't we supposed to make the law? Mothers against drunk driving changed from that. That before that, the speed. Yeah, but you know what they do? They go in with a bill about like let's say rape, and they throw you eight can't, other you things. You can't rape yeah. kids, and everyone's like, "Well, sure, we're all they for throw that." Eighty-four things in there. Yeah, you yeah. just signed off that you know yeah, yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. No yeah. one would have agreed to. Yeah, yeah, that should be against the law. Hmm. It should be against the law to 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 to. And again, I don't know the whole Biden thing. I, I stay out of the news, quite frankly. Anything negative, I try to just, I don't even pay attention to it. Why? Because I believe what goes in your head literally is will affect you somehow. So I don't listen to a lot of the shit. And I'm, you know, 
I just stand back. I think you're probably most like, I think you're probably very conservative fiscally and very socially liberal, right? Is that kind of where you probably. want? Probably. Yeah. But I, I just want less government. Yeah. Like Libertarian like, almost. Yeah. Like, well, it's just the government. Look, right. when we started this whole thing, right, there was like three federal laws. You know, you can't counterfeit money. You can't steal people's cattle or horses. Right. And there was one more. I can't remember what it is. But there's three. You have the right to defend yourself. Yeah, but now there's but now there's thousands of federal laws, and it's like, dude, just like California. Look, look, if California wants to let you do heroin and provide you needles, and you don't like it, then move the fuck out of California. Right. Like, let California be California. Mm -hmm. Let Nevada be Nevada. The fifty states, and then collectively, we're the United States. Right. If I didn't like California, because I don't. Right. With, with the taxes. Right. Me either. I move. And I'm still here. I'm not mad at California. I fucking love California, but I'm not going to live here. Right. So again, does that make me a bad guy? No, I'm just not going to get into it. I'm not going to worry about who's the governor and fight and go down to city hall and cry because it's not going to matter. You know, I think also, I think that there's a very, very small group of people who are really vocal online. And I think that's exact. It makes it seem like there's all this incredible dissension. It's really yeah. like a very, very tiny fraction. That's my point. I don't think there's all this trouble. I don't yeah. think everybody's I divided. I think everyone's getting along just fine. I think everything's going to be just fine. And I think the news sensationalizes the fricking the polarization of both parties. You know, it's. I, we really agree in this, like the deepest level. You said something else that I agree with, which is that, you know, when there's a recession, what does that really mean? So think of it this way, right? Apparently there's no money. No, but let's say the economy attracts, like contracts 3%. If your income went down 3%, would it really stop you from doing what you're going to do? It's like, no, it's imagine, just like three more percent the, wouldn't do anything. Even the average individual who makes, let's say 60,000 a year. So, okay. So instead of making 60,000, you make 58,200. Like think about it. Like it's not these rent doesn't really work that way anyway. But the point is, is that they make it, it's almost like the, the, it's, we're being fed this narrative Right, and I wonder who is behind it all. Do you think someone's? You know, I think there's some evil hand behind this or group behind it. What do you think? Are you a conspiracy man? In some cases, yes, and in some cases, no. But in that particular case, I do believe there is a evil hand behind it. And who is that hand? I would say like the Rothschilds, or or or. or <laughs> I was going to prompt you. Do you think it's the Rothschilds that you, you came? Yeah, out? I think I think it's the the massively wealthy families that you've never even heard of. Most people, because they they do exist and they and they're and they're massive. And when like they they determine interest rates, mm. they determine all kinds of shit. And we just we we're just cattle. So it's sort of like you know globalization, right? What globalization ends up doing is concentrating wealth in the hands of the few. That's the, the end result of it is the rich get hyper rich and you have more. But you've seen happen over the last with globalization, right? Dude, if, right now, if you redistributed all the wealth evenly and to everybody on earth, it will all go back to the right. same people. Yeah. From, in, from, in years, right. from habits, mindset, um, old friends. You know, if you're, if me and you were buddies and there's a contract and, and someone else had a contract, maybe even a little bit better, and you weren't necessarily the, the one you, you decided, but it didn't affect you. Then you're going to go with me. Why? Right. Well, cause number one, I'm going to kick you back 50 G's right. a month for giving me the contract. I mean, if you look at like George Bush's family owns the company, I think it's called Con Agra mm -hmm. that feeds the, the federal prisons. Right. 
Well, once you're the fucking president, that shouldn't be allowed. Trust me, I was in prison. I was in jail for those for those 18 months. And that was the big narrative. The fucking Bush family owns the, the what was the name of the company? I'll tell you, this, it's not kind of accurate. It's, uh, I forgot the name of that. It was a big or, one. Or did you have a job in prison? I, I paid someone to do my job. But you had a job? I did. How much they pay you an hour? Like six cents an hour. Okay, like how the fuck's that legal? Yeah. See again, like it's not legal for me as a business owner <laughs> to offer six cents. And by the way, if you'll take six cents, well, then you're dumb. And I get to take advantage of that. Right. Well, you take six cents because they'll throw you in the hole if you don't work, unless but, you can but, pay someone to do your dude, job. But dude, that's against the law. Yeah, but they do it. But but you're a felon now, so you don't have any yeah, rights. And to me, rights, right. I think that's why they're making all these federal laws. They want everyone to be disarmed and to follow what they tell you to do as a business owner right do you ever do you run your business in a way that like do you ever like worry about like what's going on politically you just you know what i can't control that i just i'm running my business as a business i'm assuming everything will always be okay do you sort of change you have any like you don't consider it no like when they're like you know taxes are going to increase well then i'll make more money right you know I like the fact that Trump decreased taxes. Yeah, of course. And again, I mean, everyone, the the, the Democrats or whoever, because again, the, the media claims, I'm just going with what the media tells me. The Democrats say that they want to tax the wealthy. Well, why, why that's not fair either. Like if I go out and make a billion dollars, why do I got to pay more taxes? Well, because I have more. Well, I think a flat tax would be like if I ran for president, and by the way, one day I might, and here's why. You heard it here first. Bradley for president was here. It, it is true. And the only reason I would do it is because I definitely want to go down in history as a presidential candidate, because you will be in the books if you run. Period. And that's all, the only reason I want to do it is I want to make sure I'm in the books for no for some reason. I want to be your campaign manager. <laughs> well, my my platform would be simple. I think power back to the people. I think, you know, um, flat taxes, like, like, let's say it's 20%, 30%, whatever it is, it is what it is. You know, oh, you got six kids. I don't give a fuck. You know, oh, well you got seven houses. So I don't care what you have. I want 30% of what you make. You would need no accountants. You would need no anything. You would so just flat tax, flat X percent. It doesn't matter based on what you make. I don't care what you make. And I also don't care what your circumstances are. Okay. Period. You make a billion dollars, give me 30%. You make a hundred dollars, give me 30%. But I would also have complete transparency of where that money's going. Mm. Because right now, if everybody paid twice as much taxes, it, mm. would, it would disappear in a yeah, hole of crazy. deficit. Yeah. It, it wouldn't pay anything. It would just, it would be like, there, there's, there, there's a, there's a burning pot of lava and everybody's money would be thrown in. It would, it wouldn't even touch the deficit. The problem with every bureaucracy is that, you know, it, it, the administration of, of whether it's laws or any program is always eaten up by the people administering it. So it never works. You know, yeah, then, these things make sense and they don't ever play out the right way. Well, watch this because this is where I go overboard, but I would do it or I would That's try it. to. I would also not build a wall. I would remove the wall and I would just take fucking Mexico. I love the, I love it down there. And guess what? They apparently can't figure it out. So I'll go down there and we'll make it United States. And then I would go up north to Canada and knock that fucking wall down and I'd take Canada too. And so yeah. now now we're just America, period. Oh, okay. So 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 any of the the I guess uh, it's like I think I saw in some like some dystopian science fiction movies like Well dude, if everybody from Mexico is trying to run across the border because right. there's not enough down there, yeah. well lift up the wall and let let the, the 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 wealth flow down that way. Dude, there's a lot of beach property people would buy there's a lot of commerce that would take place there's there's and, and by the way the mexican 
is one of the hardest working people I've ever met. So like, dude, they would give them jobs, farming, construction. Like why not just lift the wall and quit calling it two different countries and why keep them out? And how about Canada? Canada, same thing. I'd just take them. They ain't got an army. (laughs) I just like Canada. You don't like Canada? I do like Canada. I like Canadians. They're good people. Yeah, I like them all, but but they're what's the difference? Yeah, well, I mean, there is no difference. Yeah, I would just take Canada and I would take Mexico. So that's and a, I would say we're America. And if you guys don't like it, get out now. Watch this. If you don't pay your taxes, okay, I'm not going to put you in jail. If you don't pay your taxes, I'm going to kick you out of the fucking country. Like you, oh, you don't want to pay your way? Go live in Africa. Live somewhere go Uganda. else. Go live would, in fucking Europe. Right. right, and I would close our borders once I took Canada and Mexico. <laughs> And then, and I would close our borders and, and guess what? Like, dude, anybody that wants into this country is, is, is fine. Just apply like legal. But, but the point is, is all my money would stay here. I would stay out of all, all this foreign policy. What if, um, what if, um, Mexico said, no, 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 no. Uh, what can they do about it? What can they do? Right. What would you do? Just invade it? Yeah, just fucking take it. A few tanks. Do they, they what, what can they do? They can't even handle the cartel. <laughs> They definitely can't handle the U.S. military. Machiavelli said, very easy to conquer, very hard to control. So, yeah, I think we could easily conquer Canada or Mexico, but then you have the people. How do you manage those people if they don't want to be there, right? They, 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 dude, they do want to be there. Probably not all of them. What do you mean? Unless then if, you, if you were president, you could probably sell them and convince them to want to be here. Definitely. Definitely would sell them. But, but why are they trying to come across the border? Well, they're not all trying to come across the border. They're not all trying, but some of them are smart enough to realize it's not, it's not a good life being an illegal alien. But then again, they jump across the border. What for? Because they think this is the land of the no, opportunity. No, I, I that, right. right. So, so if the border was not there, that would solve the problem. Okay. Now, now down in Tijuana, they have their own laws. Well, they're going to have to abide by ours. Or get the fuck out, right? What about, okay, so... I don't know. And again, you hey, know, no, no, I'm no, not no, a politician. No, I'm just thinking. What about, let's, let's, but now what about the countries that border on the, the southern border of Mexico or Latin America? How about those people? We'll take them all. Take them all. Might as well. Why not? As no, long as they're no, at it? No, realistically, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. And then we, we, we put up a wall up at the southern border of Mexico so they can't then cross into Mexico? Like, where does it stop? You know what? I'd have to, I'd have to think, think about this. think that went through? Yeah, I'd have to think about this. <laughs> that requires longer. deeper thought. Yeah, I might have to take them all the way down to Brazil. <laughs> now, Canada, by the way, you see, saying Canada just pussies are not going to fire a shot. Well, they don't have an army. They don't have an army. They have, they have an army. They have some mounted police there, don't yeah. they? Like, they like the Royal, they do, right? Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Right? Like, that's it. That's why nobody bothers Canadians because they're not going to do anything. They stay out of everything because they can't do anything. They have no army. This is like, we have a new political party forming here. It's cool. It's like, I think, I'm trying to think. Oh, what, common what, sense. What movie was this? It's like something in like 2050, this is going to actually happen, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's like, look, I mean, th- these term limits, there should be term limits. Obviously, that's how these old boy networks are in there. That's how we're, these old backroom deals are happening. I agree. And even worse than that is the incestuous relationship between lobbying and politics. Lobbying should stop. be against the law. Right. Against the law, period. Not I mean, Everyone not, believes that. Not to mention... Like when you serve and you get laws passed, mm-hmm. when you come back from that community service, because that's mm-hmm. what it is, you should have to live by the same laws that you empowered and you and you created. What do you, they don't do that, you know. What are your thoughts on immigration? What about it? I think they should do it legally. I mean, again, like I, you know, if if you go to, for example, Mexico, and and you get caught there illegally. They will put you in jail. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't want to be there in jail. You don't want to be anywhere in jail, but what's the, what's the difference? They lock like you what, in a room why? and throw away the room basically. Yeah. But what's the difference between us and everywhere else? Like I've been to countries that they won't even let you in without a visa. Hmm. Yeah. And if you're caught without a visa in that country, you're in deep shit. You're in deep shit. Yeah. So it's like, what's the difference? I think, well, I think if you want to come to the U S get in line, apply, apply legally and come in legally. I don't think you should be denied unless you're like a scumbag or a rapist or have some history. But I think anyone should be able to come in, but they they should come in legally. I think the problem with the U S is like this almost like apologetic, like overtone being winners that we feel like we have to be like, you know, more compassionate than anybody else. Or some, almost like we feel like we, we, because we've dominated the world for so long, there's almost like this guilt complex that I think is very much part of the, of the, of the liberal equation here, like of reparations for fucking everything. I'll tell you this, for instance, like, you know, I have um, three children, right? I put them all through college, spent uh, God knows how much money. You know how fucking pissed I'd be if they forgave student loans? I want my money back. Like I, so like, what do you think when you hear that stuff? Do you, do you want, do you listen to the debates at all like that? Or you don't yeah. even listen well, to Well, I mean, here I, here and there, I, it's yeah. hard to listen to. Right. But what do you think about this whole thing about, you know, free healthcare for illegal immigrants, right? No, I free think edu- if you're an illegal immigrant, you get nothing, no right. driver's license, no healthcare, you no nothing. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause you're here illegally. Right. I don't understand. I don't understand. I really find it difficult to accept the other side's argument for that. Like, you're just, you're an illegal immigrant. You shouldn't be here. I'm all for legal immigration, all for it. How about, how about an amnesty period, for example? So if you're here illegally right now, go down immediately. You have X amount of days to file and do the thing. We'll give you rights. If you've been here and you're working and you have family, like, I disagree. It gets, it gets tough when, for example, like, let's say I illegally came in here, but I met a U.S. Uh, woman and now I, and now we have I, a baby. I have a different take. I'm hit, I'm fifty fifty with you. I believe yes. Amnesty go down there and then serve two fucking years in the military. That's another thing. And or, then, but you know what? I you want to be military? a citizen? Go two years in the military. You're a citizen. Congratulations. Thank you. That that and or pr- prisoners. Like I would go to the prisons before I send any non-convict convict. I'd send them to war first. I'd say, hey, right. look, is, you guys want to redeem yourselves? So like, will you viol- come back? You mean nonviolent, non-rape? Yeah, I don't yeah, really I, care. I, yeah. Well, well yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, right. no. If they're, if right. they're Violence, bad, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about like, there's drug people, offenders. There's and, people in prison. Well, like you, like right. you went to prison. Dude, right. I would have said, dude, here, take a weapon, go over there. And when you come back, you're <laughs> fucking free, just like you never right. did shit. Why? Well, because you went and risked your life for us. Right. To me, that's payment enough. And that's what I believe should be the, the, the legal immigrants right now. Give them an amnesty, come in, go work military, two years service. I like citizenship, that. You know? I like that deal. So I could be your vice president then under that, with that platform. <laughs> you should be president. Yeah. I'll be your vice. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to ever run. It's so brutal politics. I'm going to, I'm, I'm literally going to run. When? We want to hear it first. What's the probably, date? Probably, probably, I, I won't run, um, obviously this term. Or, or next election. So probably the one after that, maybe the one after that, 12 years from now. No. Or 2024. Probably 2028. 2028. So 2020 I got to make a billion dollars first so I can afford it. See, that's another thing. You you shouldn't be able to, to raise ca- campaign contributions. Like, dude, put your hat in the ring and go fucking run around telling people what you believe and let the people vote who they want. <laughs> Let's switch subjects for a second, right? I want to go back to business, right? Two sides to the equation. Tell me if you agree or not. 
right? You have the inner game mindset, then you have skill set, right? You agree with that, right? Yep. How important do you think is mindset in business? I believe massively important. So can you, do you think someone could be successful just through skills or without having also the mindset of success? I mean, do you, what, let me put this, what percentage of people out there that you think are really being held back by having a sort of a negative or let's say a non-entrepreneurial, non-success mindset? You think it's common? Or? All of them. All of them. Yeah, like anyone who's not succeeding, I I think 99.9% is because of their mindset. So for someone, for people that are watching this podcast, average age, it's probably, on, there's people of all ages, but you have a huge viewership under 40, right? What would you say to someone? Like, what's the first thing? Let's say, you know, let's call this your first, your training, we'll call it your first million. What do you do? You, you don't like your job. It's dead end kind of, right? You, you kind of feel like you're a gerbil on a freaking treadmill, Right. What do you do? What's, what does a kid, young guy, young girl, w- woman do? How do you go about, you know, t- kind of changing your life and start living again versus just surviving? Well, <clears throat> number one, you change your mindset because a lot of people believe that you need all this money to be considered successful when in reality, success is, is one's own opinion, right? So I know a guy that goes out and gets laid every weekend and, you know, he thinks he's successful. Well, I don't think that's successful. Um, so, so therefore who's right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a perspective, it's a mindset. So, but to answer your question that most people want to hear, what would I have them do? I would have them, uh, continue working and save their money and learn from someone like you or someone that knows what they're doing based on where they want to go. If I could start all over, I would seek knowledge faster. Step fundamental means step one fundamental. I would have done that a long time ago. Like if I could redo it, I would have seek knowledge faster, find a mentor. Back in the old days, dude, there was, there was masters and apprentices and you know, that, that went a long way back in those days. So like you wanted to, you wanted to learn a trade, you know, you had to sit there and bust your ass for free in right. some cases for the person as, as the master, the master blacksmith, or, mm-hmm. you know, they were the really, really good ones. You'd have to go work for free for five or 10 years to pick up their skills. And now you became capable of making that money. I think that still applies. But if I could start all over and I was 20 again, I would seek knowledge faster, find a mentor for sure. And then I would have, and I would invest money more wisely. Too many people are worried about um, impressing others when they, when they, that's just a. Meaning investing money, maybe not buying a super expensive car, maybe investing in real estate or just in a business or, or in yourself, essentially. Anything that, that provides cash flow. Okay. So like I've spent so much money trying to impress people. If I had it back, it would be impressive. <laughs> so, so I blew a lot of money. If I just had that money, I've blown being cool, the cars, the houses, the, the whatnot. And I, I'm preaching the choir. If your movie's even this much accurate, you did twice as bad as me. Yeah. But it also depends on how much you had. I never had hundreds of millions of dollars, but, yeah. but, but I had, I've, I've made a lot and I should have invested it wisely. Sure. So I think school uh, affects us, but if someone's listening to this right now, what would I do to make my first million? I would, I would find a mentor and I would, um, focus and, and, and realize one thing that everything boils down to choices. Everything boils down to choices every day. The choices you make determine the road you'll take. Um, when I had, I think it was Ed, Ed my was on my podcast. I like it. Right. He was very smart. He said, um, the biggest mistake that 
young people make is they try to monetize their passion versus monetizing what they're actually good at. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, Ed Milet, I'll listen to him before me (laughs) right now, but, uh, no, you understand I don't necessarily that? agree. I don't yeah. agree. Because again, I mean, like if, if you're passionate about something and you can and you can monetize it, mm-hmm. then then that's even better. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because you're passionate about it. However, I think what Ed meant by that is, you know, your passion isn't always the, the thing you should be trying to make money at. And a lot of people say, you know, follow your heart, you know, do what do what you're passionate about. And they don't know how to monetize it or they don't make any money. So Ed's basically saying- Well, maybe saying, it's not monetizable, really. Some things are just hard to monetize. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, like if I'm if I'm a six foot seven kick-ass basketball player, but my passion is freaking- Ballet? Yeah, it's ballet. I, I should go play basketball and then do ballet on the side. Right. I think that's what he meant, by the way, which exactly. is like- that's, you know, what he was, that's what he meant. Yeah. Focus so, on what you're good at right. also. Well, let's focus on like, certain things inherently- are just more monetizable. They just are like some, like I always say, like Wall Street. Here's my take on I've lived on both coasts, right? So the beating heart of New York, the East Coast, is Wall Street finance, right? The beating heart of the West Coast is what arts, entertainment, you know, movies, TV, right? At, right. The difference is, is that even the secretaries in New York on Wall Street, they're overpaid. Like everyone, like, there's a lot more money that goes trickles down average person on Wall Street, even a scrub broker could make six, seven hundred thousand a year. In Hollywood, a struggling actor, you know what they make? Zero. Like, like it's like poverty, right? So what you find is like I found is that certain industries, finance, real estate, information, training, like we it's just lucrative. It's easy to make money in certain industries. Other industries just more just inherently more difficult. So the top earner is not going to make as much and all the underlings are barely scraping by. So would you choose something like, for instance, if you were to, let's say you had a kid, right? A boy, 22, you know? I do, I have two of them. You have two. What would you direct them to do? Like what, like you think about the influencer more. You think like you should try to be an influencer. Like what do you think? Cause like we live in a different world these days where people are famous for the sake of being famous. Well, you know, now that I'm getting in, I'm getting to be an old feller, my answer would be different. And it, and now it would be, look, as long as they're happy, then that's what they should do. Um, I believe like for me, I can't be happy without money. Me, me, myself the same. So, so I need money. So when people say like, you know, well, follow happiness instead of money. I say, do both follow both. Money's a problem to be solved. Yeah. Like I've been rich. I've been happy as hell. I've been rich and been miserable. I've been poor and miserable. I've never been poor and happy. Never. I, I can't yeah. be poor and happy. Well, I mean, I could be happy at times, poor. Like if I were poor and found out, you know, I thought someone died, but they didn't. So I'm happy for a minute, but no. Like, you know what I mean? I'm talking I need, about yeah, long time. I, I need money and, and, and people need to quit saying, you know, money's not important because it is. And you better get some. And the way you get some is real easy. Solve people's problems. Like look for problems. How many people avoid problems when they should be looking for them? Like ask somebody, walk up to anybody and be like, you want a problem? They're going to be like, no, why wouldn't you? Like, I love problems. Problems are like challenges and they're like games. And if you get really good at solving problems, you're going to get paid more. If I can solve your problems right now, name any problem you have, I can solve them. Dude, you're going to fucking write me a check. Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Of course. So, so, so get really good at solving problems and make a business out of it. It's, it's, it's not hard to make money. And I believe that, which is why it's not hard for me to make money. Now, now there's some people in their, in their minds, they think, you know, 
I'm, I'm not educated or, uh, you know, I was abused and they're limiting their abilities. And there's proof of this where like literally plastic surgeon goes in and changes somebody's face and, 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 you know, their, their self-esteem and their self-worth They're now all of a sudden, you know, they don't have this problem that they used to have. Now, all of a sudden they still mentally are fucked up. Why is that? I, it's, it's the internal dude. It's their, it's their mind. It's their self. It's their limiting self-belief. This is the problem you see a lot. I even had myself when I was very young, when I, when I got rich at 23, I said, Oh, if I just, if I just get rich, all my problems will be solved. And then you get rich and you're still the same person. You're like, fuck, what do I do next? It's almost a panic sets in. So people like Lindsay Lohan, they implode these young stars because they, they, while you're clawing your way up, if you're not happy, you're like, all right, I'm not happy because I don't have all the things that I think I need to be happy. Once I become rich and famous, then I'll be happy. Then you get there, you're like, uh-oh, I'm still the same person. That's when the panic yeah, wherever sets you, in. Wherever you go, You bring yourself you with you, yeah. right? You bring yeah. yourself what do you think? So, so you built Lightspeed now, right? And guys, really check out this platform. Put put the link on the bottom here. So you, so you do how many companies now? Do you have on the how many different trainings? Different, you know. Well, we have a couple million users with you know thousands and thousands of companies um, on it currently. Okay, um, but I have I personally have I'd say about twelve hundred clients now. Active clients, yeah, clients. So again, like one of my clients might have thousands of businesses, sure, sure. Um, but, but I have about 1200, but it's, but it's growing. I've never marketed Lightspeed. Like I usually am all word of mouth. Um, everyone that I've ever like focused on, I've gotten like, you know, before I spoke with you, you know, I, I said, dude, I'm going to go get Jordan Belfort. Right. It, it took me like three to four years to finally get to you. When you were running around doing your seminars, people were approaching you talking about it. And you were like, ah, go talk to so-and-so because they were coming back saying, yeah, I got in front of him. But he said, so like Tony Robbins took me like seven years to get to him. Finally got to him. You know how I closed Tony? He said, um, he just kept wanting to, you know, because, you know, Tony's obviously at another level than most people. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Yeah. Height wise, especially. Well, he really, (laughs) well, well, he really truly wants to make impact. No, he does. So, so when I was leaving his house after his, you know, third no. I said, Tony, let me ask you a question. How many people come to your events? And he said, you know, 10,000. And I said, what about the other 7 billion people? And that's what closed him. Right. He's like, son of a bitch. I never really thought of it that way. Because again, he wants to help people. So I use fear of loss. Like, dude, you want to help all these people. You're only helping 10,000 at a time. What about all the other 7 billion? And that was, that was what got him in. So, so at the end of the day, like, if, if I were to tell my son's, you know, advice, my advice to them, and, and I do tell them is to be happy because I'll make sure that they have money. They don't need money. What they need is ethics and morals and a family and, and principles and, and, and happiness, meaning just be happy. Like, dude, if I could be happy with no money, I'd quit my job and I'd go live right, in a fucking right. tent. Got it. But I can't be. Not seeing you fucking in a Ferrari. Like, I got to have one. I'm, I'm, 
I get it. We're out of this cup in the same place. Guys, listen, this is the, we're going to go now. We're going to end the visual on YouTube here. We're going to keep going for another 10 minutes on the audio platform. Check it out on iTunes or Spotify. You can find us there wherever you listen to podcasts, right? Now we're going to talk about some stuff that we probably shouldn't talk about on YouTube. We're also sitting at band. We go to the, the dirty, devilish stuff here. We'll okay. keep going for 10 minutes. Guys, share this podcast with your friends. Like it if you like it. Hate it if you hate it. Make sure you click on the next one, too, because it's awesome. These are really great. And this is an awesome. So thank you, buddy. Let's keep going now. So let's talk about, uh, let's go back to the original, the topic of Grand Cardone, right? Okay. Okay. When you, when you, how, I have heard from many people that, frankly, that, tell me if it's true or false, that Grand Cardone, 95% of the success he had with this training is because of you. Is that true or false? Well, I would say True. 100% because I convinced him to do it and showed him how to do it. So if without me, he wouldn't have done it at all. So, so, so I'm 100% the reason. Um, but, but, but he did do a lot for himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the, uh, the, the, the actual sales, because I went through the training, sales training itself. I was unimpressed yep. with the sales training. Um, so I, I wonder what the attraction, you think it's that, you think with people that, how many, what percentage of people you think that, that with light speed, are they get hooked on the actual platform itself as much as the content on the platform. In other words, when someone, when, when you're selling, I noticed his sale, he just talks about the platform. We talk about the actual training. I trained him well. What's that? I trained him well. So what well, do you think the breakdown is? Something like that, where, where his success, is it based on the training or is it the platform that it's interactive or the accountability? What do you think? Well, it's not the platform only because people wouldn't know it when they bought it, but that might keep them. So it's the platform for businesses. So when he sells businesses, it's definitely the platform also, but it's more his content and his brand and his personality that people want. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, uh, nobody knows it's interactive and it's kick-ass or not Mm. before they bought. And then when they bought, they bought because it's him and the advertisement and the promise of Mm -hmm. what it will do. Right. And then they realize, oh, this is a cool platform. Now, Mm He, he does have individual platform, uh, individuals buying a, a, a program now. You guys talked about it. Remember well, when he, he said something really odd to me. This is what I want to talk I about. know exactly what he said. He said he charges one person $80 and then he charges someone else $100 to one person and charges 80000 for the same exact training to a business. Yeah. Well, number one. He said it out loud. I was like, I, yeah. said, I said, you don't really mean, he was like, no, no, I mean that. Why? No, I watched it. Believe me, I Why watched it. Why the fuck it. did he say that? What is that about? Well, number one, he wants to sensationalize everything. That's crazy. It's no, a, so ethical. I mean, I was shocked. He said I know, it. but but when he says 80,000, first of all, that's like a bigger organization. Cause you know, it depends on how many salespeople you have. And he times it out for th- 36 months. So if I, if it's four grand a month for 36 months, he calls that $150,000. When in reality, it's four grand a month, the $80 that's a month. Mm-hmm. So it's really nine sixty for the year. Now that's one person. If you, if you buy a password, um, from Grant Cardone as an individual, he'll put you on his his non Lightspeed platform. It's not Lightspeed anymore. Now, mm-hmm. again, our agreement states that he can't use any other platform. How much does he owe you, by the way? He said that you owe him eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, I don't know him shit. So at the end of the day, he, he <laughs> eight forty eight eight fifty eight forty or eight fifty it was. I forget what he said, but at the end of the day, that's it's it's from backgammon. It was six hundred and twenty thousand. It was points. We played for fun. He wants to act like it's real after, after he, there's a whole story behind that. But even if it was real, 
which it wasn't, right. but even if it was real, he owes me millions of dollars. I'm not paying him for backgammon when he doesn't pay. Why does he owe you millions of dollars? Because we made an agreement and he didn't, he didn't honor the agreement. And you chose not to sue him or you're going to sue him? I know I chose not to sue him. Okay. Why is that? Because I don't like getting in lawsuits. I think lawsuits are foolish. You know what I'm saying? Like people always say, well, who's a better closer? I'm like, he sends me a check every month. <laughs> what does that tell you? Right. So at the end of the day, if, if he, I ever, understand if, by the way, lawsuits, there's a pain, but if he ever stops sending me money altogether, mm. I didn't give up my right to sue. Right. I didn't give up my rights. Now he can, it, it doesn't hurt be my case. Statute allow, limitations, by the way, you know, no, I know, but like, it doesn't hurt my case that I allow what he did, but it doesn't mean I can't sue. And, but, but I don't like suing. So I won't sue anybody. Matter of fact, I got rid of all my contracts. I literally go month to month with everybody. If you said, Brad, I want to get on Lightspeed right now. It's month to month. Why? I because, think it's smart business, Because by if the I way. can't keep your business, right. I don't deserve your business. Right. I don't, and besides that, I don't want to hold someone right. in a relationship sure. with me that they don't want to be in. I agree. So when he said, hey, I'm going to do this, I said, no, 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 you can't do that because back then I made an actual agreement with him. He did it anyway, knowing that, A, we're buddies, I'm not going to sue him. B, you know, in his mind, he rationalized it. And so, you know, whatever. So, look, whatever, Grant, whatever. So he did what he did, and quite frankly, I didn't agree to it, but mm -hmm. he did it anyway. So in my mind, and everyone in any, any sane person's mind, he fucking owes me f all that money that he didn't have to pay because he changed the deal without permission, without right. my agreement. Right. And so to me, if he's going to change the deal and owe me millions of dollars, why am I going to pay him for backgammon? <laughs> number one. Number two, dude. We started playing for fucking shits and giggles, right? Like, and 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 it was like, hey, you owe me, you owe me a hundred grand. Okay, uh, we'll play next week. And then he owes me a hundred grand. And then I owed him a hundred grand. Then he owed me a hundred grand. Then, then I get, it, I get. At one point, one point, uh, he owed me sixty grand. It was his birthday. I said, you can, you can keep the sixty grand. He said, no, no, no. You know, we play that. It was, it, it, well, that's how it started. And then we just, you know, we're calling it money. Right, right. Um, and, you know, he'd get online to show how we're playing for thousands a game, which is, you know, cool. Because, right. again, he's all about being cool. Right. So, you know, I played along. I don't really care. If I thought it was actual, hey, you got to pay by the time we're done, I only would have played with him twice. Like, as right. soon as I lost fucking 10 grand, right, right. I would have been done playing with him. Right. Got it. But, but we just kept, it was tallies. Yeah. So then what happened was uh, he had me up to about, $900,000 that I owed him. And so I started just whooping his ass bad, like to a point where he fucking quit. Like it was like, it, by the way, swing both ways. Right. And then when I went way this way, he's like, dude, if it gets to a million dollars, you got to pay me. And I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, as soon as I fucking sell light speed, I'll pay you. <laughs> so, um, he's like, well, no, as soon as he pays you what he owes you. He, <laughs> well, he says, no, if it gets, if it gets to, I don't think he fucked me at this time. Like he, 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 he was, he honored his deal. He stopped doing it and we stopped playing. Okay. So number one, it wasn't for real money, but even if it mm. was, I wouldn't pay him because he hadn't paid, he hadn't paid me. I, I should send him an invoice that says, you owe me $3.8 million minus your six twenty equals two point whatever. Okay. Now it's paid bitch. And by the way, like I told him, I told him after he was on your podcast and I saw him say that no interest was a level of interest. I said, not paying is a level of pain. 
<laughs> so, so at the end of the day, dude, I don't, I don't owe him. And even if I did, I wouldn't pay him because he's not paying me. Now, if he honors our agreement, right. I'll, I'll fucking pay him. Got it. But, it, but he's not going to. But the funny thing is, is I got it up to close to a million. He said, dude, if it reaches a million, you're going to have to pay me. I'm like, cool. Got to about 860, I think was the, was the most. And then I just started whooping his ass and I'm talking about big and it got down and it got down and it got down and it got down and right at 620,000 in right. points. He said, fuck it. I'm not playing online. This, this is rigged. Now it's the same. So it was, game. All, it was all online. Huh? Yes. And, and they, they are, they are stupid. There there's algorithms. The same game that he got me up to that. And I didn't quit because again, it's points. It wasn't for fucking real. Um, the same exact game that got him up to 860 when he started losing it back because he knew the pendulum was about mm. to swing the other way. He said, I quit. So was he, he he's a bad loser. He gets really pissed off when he loses gambling. I could tell. When you when you, when you um play online that are they are they recommending moves to you? Like is the computer saying do this, do that? It's like no. No. I'm a really but, good backhand player. Well, well when the You dice, know what I learned to play? In jail. The well, best backhand plays are all from like Libya and they're all there. Oh, yeah. So, so I learned it's a great guys game. That, yeah, it's a really it's a fun fun game. Yeah. Do you play with the cube? Yeah. The only way to play. Cube. Yeah, sure. yeah. So so the 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 game, just for example, like the only way you can get out is if you rolled a two sixes in a row. And when you press the button, it rolls for you. Two sixes in a row. Like no fucking way. But double six, double six twice in a row. In a row, or just some crazy. I think I saw that no in way James Bond movie, this. Octopussy. It was like the movie Octopussy, right? He's got the loaded dice. Well, it, it, it's definitely an algorithm because you, you can, you know, look on um, Reddit and other things and people are like, you know, accused of, of it being rigged. But at the end of the day, it wasn't for gambling. We were just playing right. and, and keeping score. And by right. the way, that's another thing. Like one day I was like, you know, I owed him 300,000 supposedly. And then the next day it's like, you owe me 450. And I'm like, it was 300. He's like, no, it's 450. And I'm like, all right, 450. Why? Because it was just fucking points, bro. It was stupid. But anyway, now he wants to go around telling people, oh, Brad owes me 620. And he doesn't even say 620. He says 700. Yeah, he, was eight, eight. he uses the biggest yeah. it's ever been. Yeah. But but he does that. I don't know why he does that just to make, he thinks that Insecurity. makes me look bad. I don't know. Yeah, but, was... but quite frankly, dude, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. Like, dude, if you don't like me, I'm cool with that. That was pretty apparent when you're talking about taking over Mexico and Canada today that you're just like a fucking real dude. You say what's on your mind. There you go. Dude, if you don't like me because I'd, I'd take Mexico and Canada. Right. Exactly. Don't, don't vote for me. Vote for you, you, know? Now, you know, but but I don't mean to offend people. I just like to keep shit real and, and, and be myself. Because one thing, here's what I learned when I was young. If you are totally 100% authentically you, you're going to attract people that like that and you're going to repel people that don't. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what should happen. You should be around your tribe, your people. So if you're falsely pretending to be something you're not, it's only a matter of time before you're going to crumble. Why? Because you're going to be around a bunch of people that are supporting something that's not real. And, and one day that will crack and they will see it. And then you will have a lot of trouble in your, in your, in your life. But if you just come over here and you're unapologetically you, and you, you might only have three friends because nobody you know likes that. Those will be three fucking good friends. And, and you know, that's just what I learned when I was about six because I used to lie to all the neighborhood kids. Tell We lived in this little shitty house. My dad was a blue-collar worker in, on a hill with a bunch of nice houses. You, you won't see Where'd that. You go? What, what part of town? Cottage Grove, Oregon. Okay. Small town. But you won't see it anymore where there's a shit house amongst a bunch of nice houses. Now it's usually nice neighborhoods have nice houses. But you know, this this one we it was a 
they built the house. So it was a little shitty house. And then all the people around us were, were well off because it was a nice piece of property on a hill. So I used to lie to all my friends, tell them my dad owned Disneyland. You know, I'd show Monopoly cards trying to let them see that we own property and shit. And it backfired, dude. For like two years, everybody hated me, called me a liar. How old were you? Six. And so, dude, um, it like, no one picked me. It was like hard to, it, it was just bad. You don't want to be a full of shit liar because it's going to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. I just learned that young. So then we moved to Eugene, which is a, about 30 miles north. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, from now on, I'm just going to fucking tell people the truth and be who I am and be proud of who I am and see how that works. And dude, I've never been more popular and well-liked and well-received. I get it. And I was, I was lying to feel that way, sure. but it didn't work. So I learned young just, you know, to be real. So now here I am old and I really don't give a shit. So now I just tell it like it is. And I don't try to be rude. Again, if anybody's mad that I would take Canada and, and Mexico, they're just not telling the truth. So would they like, why wouldn't you? Well, it's not fair for the Canadians, dude. They don't care. They don't care. Why would they care? Right. Who gives a fuck? Like it's, it's the same thing, dude. Like you're driving through Canada and then boop, now you're in the U S well, what's the difference? That fucking line, that imaginary line. Like, dude, Alaska's up here. Canada's right here. What happened? I'd give Alaska to Canada. If I were the United States, I'd be like, fuck, we don't need to go clear the fuck up there. Here, you can have that. Like, give us something closer to us. We just want the oil. Tra I trade. <laughs> right. I get it. I know. I, I understand your philosophy. And it's interesting because on some level, it's like a globalist philosophy, but it's the reverse of that. It's like the different side of that same coin. You know, you think by logically thinking, contiguous borders, chunk of the world, right? Why should it all be separate, right? That's your point, right? I, I would so to that way of thinking, then all of Europe should be one. I think so. Yeah. Quite frankly, I mean, if you believe in the old ice age, wasn't, wasn't there just yeah, one Pangea, piece of land? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think it was the book 1984. It was like a, each, you know, a different chunk. It was like you had Eurasia, you had the Pan North America. I think that was actually the Hunger Games, like a combination of the two. But dude, last question. Last question for you, right? Lightspeed, very successful company, right? Yeah. Well, Where, fairly. Successful. You're doing well, right? Where do you see the company in five years from now? Well, in five years, I see the company being about 20 times bigger than it is today and going public. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be public. It ne it needs to be like the, the technology is so unbelievable and, and massively useful to anybody. Like, again, we're starting to use it for marketing and we've never marketed. So, so we build an eight figure company all by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Who does that? Especially with this fucking idiot running it. Like, dude, I'm telling you, I've tried to go out of business several times and I can't seem to do it. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that tells you how good the company is or the product. But we're starting to, we're starting to market now. Okay. We've never marketed. So I'm going to put, you know, half a million to a million a month into marketing, which is a lot for me. And I think that's going to exponentially grow uh, our, 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 user base. And I think it's going to attract a lot of people and then I'll take it public, I hope. But we're starting to use it for marketing because with an interactive video and an interactive video is different than what people claim interactivity is, but an interactive video, Explain. well, the video is interactive, meaning, meaning like the video itself, you can enter in 
words and take pics and change change what it says. Like no other platform does that. Meaning, explain. So like if I popped up and I said, hey, how you doing? So you want to learn how to invest on Wall Street. Have you ever been an investment before? And they click no. I say, oh, no investments. The video itself is interactive. It's not, it's not the platform or the interface. It's the video. I can create interactive video with Lightspeed. So in other words, right now, if you went to try to make an interactive video, mm-hmm. a video, it would cost you probably... 50 G's and three weeks of your time to make a 10 minute interactive video. Why? Well, because you need all kinds of high level programmers. You need, you, you need some shit. It's not, you can't just do it. If you have light speed, you can make them for free in five minutes. Why? Well, because light speed allows you to create interactive content, interactive mm-hmm. videos. Now to host, deliver, track, and measure it. That's the other half of light speed. Mm-hmm. So when people realize you can make interactive videos, it doesn't have to be training. So, so, so right now you've heard of click funnels. Sure. Well, most people buy a click funnel so they can make money. When right. in reality, what they get is a dick funnel. Okay. And what's funny is if you look at the click funnel logo, if you move the C closer to the L, it looks like dick funnels. <laughs> but the reason I call it a dick funnel is because they're not making dick. So it, it, it's not Russell Brunson or the product. The product is what it is. You know what that product actually does? It saves you time making a landing page. I that, get it, yeah. That's all it does. Yeah. So it's not a miraculous thing. People say, oh, you're one funnel away. Dude, the funnel needs good copy. Um, it needs a good product. Yeah. It needs a good price. It ne- you you got to use Facebook right and target the right people. So it's not just the fucking funnel. That's just the culture and the belief that he's got people believing. So most people bought a click funnel, but they got a dick funnel because it's not making shit. And so why isn't it making any money? Well, I can create an interactive landing page, which is like a click funnel but I don't need all the artwork in the page. Do you know why? Because I got the video. So all I have to do is get you to click a button and the video begins and that video is the fucking funnel. That video is more engaging, it can adapt. Now again, dude, if you're talking to someone like me or you, I would imagine we have the similar personalities, you better sell me with some sizzle and some fucking pizzazz where if you, my partner Jason, he's more of an analytic, if you try to sell him the same way you sell me, you're not selling him shit. Right. So I could literally make one presentation. And have a change based on the person, how they answer questions. You get different presentations, right? Exactly. Dude, now, now when someone's like, when that catches on, Jordan, it's going to be fucking game over. Like, dude, I'll get more people wanting to use the system just for marketing. Forget training. So enough of dick funnels, basically. <laughs> and dick funnels and go-to. What would you call it instead? Well, I made... I, well, I made I made the system to where you can have a click funnel you have to na- you have and, to and put it. an interactive video on it. I just, so, right uh, so now you're I'm, de-dicking click funnel, basically. I'm showing you how to take your dick funnel and turn it into, into a, a click, click funnel. funnel. Okay. I got it. Okay. But the problem is, is again, with an interactive video, you don't need a fucking landing page. Cause I, cause I can create a can landing you, page. No, no. Can you use, you couldn't use your technology on click funnels. Could you? Yeah. I can embed it on a website. Oh, okay. I can send it in an email. I can put it on a click funnel. Ooh, that's good. And by the way, there's builder all, there's lead pages. It, click funnels are just there's one. There's one maybe issue. But, but any, Atra, any, right? Yeah, but, but dude, I created the landing page creator, which means I don't need any of those now because sure. inside of Lightspeed, you go to the back, you hit the super user, it'll say interactive landing page. You click it, it'll say create one. You go, boom, you're online right now. Now, pick the, pick the interactive video. If you don't have an interactive video, yeah. there'll yeah. be nothing there. Yeah except for 
a page with nothing there. I get it. So you don't need all of the artwork on a, that those other ones allow you to make if you have an interactive video mm. because the video does the selling for becomes you. the funnel. Sure, I get it. And all you have to do is be smart enough to make it. And that's the problem with 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 the the, the system is you really got to understand and and be pretty fucking clever to understand how to truly leverage interactivity. And a lot of people are just catching up to it, but I'm starting to make scripts and examples and I'm selling them scripts. So like I just put on this huge MLM. Well, I showed them, I wrote their interactive onboarding, which by the way, is an increasing their retention by 38%. They, they, they told me these numbers, people with a password are staying 38% longer than people without a password. They're earning a check like 60% faster it's just miraculous shit because of the interactivity. But I had to, I had to write their interactive script onboarding script mm -hmm. to make them get the compliance out of the way, sure. get the engagement, figure out what personality type they have. I can assess people. Mm -hmm. Then another company, I showed them how to use the same system to make an applicant screening tool because they, their business was interviewing a lot of people. And I'm like, well, what are you doing in those interviews? Well, a manager goes in and asks them these questions and we're looking for just a certain amount of people. I'm like, why don't you virtualize what they're saying? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, hey, let me show you. So we made an applicant screening tool where now all they do is give out a password, which takes no time and no personnel. And if you don't click the right buttons through that interactive applicant tool, they don't even interview you. Mm. And then you can't claim that I didn't interview you because you're Italian or you're black or you're Chinese. Got it. I didn't even talk to you. The interactive video did, and the interactive video is compliant. Not to mention, I, I haven't done this yet, but I talked to a company the other day that was telling me that you know they get a lot of problems when they're firing people. They, they need to train their executives and their managers to fire people correctly because every time they're firing people, they're getting sued. Yeah, and I'm like, what for? Well, they're firing people up wrong. In the air, right? The, the professional fires, right? They lay people off for a living. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I said, why don't you create virtual terminations? He's like, what is that? Well, when you want to terminate somebody, you when they log in to the to your system or you text it to them because I can text people with my system. So I, if you had a, like all the people you have on your straight line system around the country, yeah, I can press a button if you're on Lightspeed and you can text them, you can freaking survey them, you can assess them, you can do shit. So if you were just an employer where you had a thousand salespeople and let's say three of them need to go, well, you could program it to where when that when those three people log in or you can text them up pops a virtual termination that is a hundred percent compliant. Mm. So, so you can't, you can't claim I terminated you wrong because I'll show the judge exactly how I terminated you. I use virtual terminations. We don't talk to people live. So nope. you're not doing that yet, but it's something you want. I just suggested it. I like and, that. And the, that's well, well, that's what they said, but they haven't done it yet. But, but that's my point. We're, we're starting to see so many more yeah. ways to yeah. use the system yeah. that in five years, I believe the system will be everywhere because if I, if I, have my way, I'm going to give it to every business in the fucking world. I'll give it to them if I have to, um, because the skill shop will be the marketplace that everybody uses. And then mm -hmm. I kind of hold the fucking keys now. So now, like if I sold more of you than you can sell of you, mm -hmm. you're going to be like, dude, how do I, how do I, how do you sell my shit in skill shop? I'd be like, dude, you got to be on Lightspeed. So then you jump over to Lightspeed and now boom, I quadruple your revenue because I have every business in the country on Lightspeed and all they're doing is in there sure. and, I, and I can show you number one, I can feature you just like Netflix. Totally you know, Net, if Netflix wants to make something popular, yeah. Yeah. They, they show yeah, right. it every time yeah. someone Trending. logs in. Trending, yeah. So, so that's, that's the goal, but you know, it, there's a long way to go.
I like it. You know. All right. If you get bored, dude, come up and I'll make you I, fucking president and CEO. Uh, I want to know. I want to just want to be his campaign manager. Okay. Twenty twenty four. The latest twenty twenty eight. But guys, listen, this is awesome. I thank you, Bradley. Website lightspeedvt.com. Yep. Check it out. If you're a business owner, you're an influencer. Um, is a great platform. It really, really is. It's a great platform. Brad's an awesome dude. Um, and he knows what he's doing. No, let right? me let me let me close you on something before sure. you before you go. Yeah. When you're in Vegas next, and you will be. I will be next you, week. You gotta do my podcast. I will. Drop and bomb. Hundred percent. Good. Deal. Next week. You guys saw it here. I'm doing commitment. It. Next week. If I if I come in next week, I plan to. All right. I'll do your podcast, of course. Beautiful. Yeah. I love doing podcasts. Um, guys, share this with your friends. Right? It's awesome. Wealth of information, great salesperson, great human being. And Canada, Mexico, you got eight more years of being free. And then who knows what happens after that, you know? Be yeah. More free. Yeah. No, even more free. When once, once President Lee is Robert E. Lee or Bradley takes over, all right? right. Who knows what's going to happen? Love you all, guys. Another episode of The Wolf's Den. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Share this with your friends. Do everything. I love you. Until next time. Thank you.